Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. What can four little bees teach us about kindness? Thanks to the creativity of children's author Antoinette Clark, they can teach us that kindness matters, both to our environment and to each other. Antoinette joins me along with beekeeper Dr. Dan Holt. So, Antoinette, you might say your new children's book is the bee's knees when it comes to kindness. <laughs> uh, yes, can I think you, it is. Yeah, can you tell us some more about that? Well, I just wanted to really write a book uh, about kindness. Uh, there's just not enough of it uh, in the world today. And I just wanted to bring attention not only to the children as the parents read to children about kindness, but also reminding us adults about just being kind to one another. Uh, and I wanted to feature bees because bees are so very important to the environment and just bring more focus on just um, how important they are. So that way, as we walk and go about our day, um, and that we can just kind of pay more attention to our earth. Uh, and so being kind not only to one another is very, very important, but we also have to be kind to our earth. So just being able to feature that, and I wanted to do it in a cute little way. So being able to talk about these uh, four Bs uh, that, are, that are best friends and them being able to explore their flowers and different kinds of flowers uh, and also being able to teach different um, just kind acts as uh, this book talks about sharing. So I wanted to make it really cute, uh, um, but also just really bring attention to some very, very important things that are, um, that, that are good reminders for us. Mm-hmm. And it, and that is the characters are adorable. They've got, you know, kind of cute little human faces and then bright colored hair. And yeah, yeah, they're pretty fun. I don't know that if I would have thought about uh, writing a book about kids and kindness and things like that, that I would have gone toward the bee angle. Was there a specific reason other than what they do for our environment that you really were drawn to bees? I've always been kind of drawn drawn to them because, you know, just the what, what they've always said about it being it's they it should be impossible that they can fly. <laughs> so just the fact of, you know, um, you know, what bees can do and then just uh, just the fact that they're just so important to our environment. And I wanted to feature more about the earth and flowers and different things like that. So to me, bees just were just something, um, you know, insects that were really good to be able to do that with. Mm-hmm. And you're and right. I just what wanted am- to make them cute and relatable. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And I do like the the strength that comes from the fact that they shouldn't be able to fly. So we have an expert with us, Dr. Dan Holt. He is a chiropractor beekeeper. Actually, he's a chiropractor and a beekeeper, but I think they all flow, the name flows well together, right? How did you get involved in your love of, of bees? Well, I think my story is much like uh, everybody else's. They're very intriguing. It's just interesting. And as you look into it further, it becomes even more amazing as you learn how they how they just communicate with themselves and how they organize and how they uh, selfless service to their own hives. And I say that because they only actually live three weeks in their individual lifespan, but through the summer, they are gathering and collecting the foods, uh, nectars and proteins so that they can make it through the winter, which is actually many generations later. (laughs) And I guess to me, that's pretty fascinating how they are just so driven and instinctively trying to do what needs to be done for the good of the hive. Very selfless. Um, 
kind of natural instinct of behavior. And when you kind of observe that more and more, you just you just have a, a, a respect for them. And then, of course, the honey that we do harvest is their food. So we're always careful that we try not to take more food than um, away their honey than they may actually need for the winter so that they comfortably survive the winter is which they are trying so hard to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sometimes um, bees intersect with the human population and the humans get mad. For instance, <laughs> we have this <laughs> huge tree in our backyard and it's beautiful. And inside one of the branches of the tree uh, is a very large bee colony. Um, and so the neighbors have noticed that there's a buzzing about in our backyard all of the time. And it's and they occasionally will buzz over to their apple trees and things like that. So what advice do you have for, for people who are seeing an intersect of nature and human life? I would say leave them alone. Just let them be bees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, I had one in my front yard tree also, and it was fascinating to just watch them unfold and what they do so instinctively. I, uh, As a beekeeper, I thought the temptation was to get those bees and put them in a, a beehive and, and make that part of my apiary collection of beehives. But the truth is, it's fun just to watch nature be nature, and you learn so much. Now, that natural hive, actually, in my yard, was kind of a almost a, a unique thing. Out of all the trees in the neighborhood, and of all the neighbors there, they landed on my tree, the big keyboard tree, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of an anointing feeling. But, um, but at the same time, it lasted about three years, and then on the third year, it just naturally just blew away. And it was interesting to observe that also. But the only risk of nervousness of having bees is maybe if you see them flying in and out of your house. If they get into the walls or in your house, then that can start some troubles and problems that you don't want. So then it would be quickly, it'd be nice to quickly eradicate them out of the house. And they don't have to be killed. They can be removed by skilled beekeepers. But when they get into the house, in the people's walls, there can be troubles there with um, reasons you don't want to have them there. But I would say if they're just in your yard, just let leave them alone. They're not going to bother anybody. They're really very docile creatures. It's only when you startle them that they might try to defend themselves because they're trying to protect their own babies and their queen. Excuse me. But... I think that's respectable. Anybody would want to protect their own babies, right? Mm-hmm. So, so just kind of allow them just to be and enjoy nature so close to be observed, is what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was nervous about my babies out there playing. I have three kids and playing out in the backyard. But you're right. They, the, the kids do their thing and the bees do their thing, and they don't really pay attention to each other. So. <laughs> Worked yeah, out, yeah worked they out really right. are not. They're not aggressive at all. Mm-hmm. Now you've all heard of these Africanized bees that have been known to be aggressive, but so if there is evidence of that, there would be a different story to tell about what you would have to do. But that's very, very seldom and very rare. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and 
you know, bees are all around you anyway. Even if you don't know where the hive is, they're just all around you all the time, and you never even knew it because they just they don't bother you. And when you become aware of it, just respect it, right? Just to, just let it be. <laughs> Good kindness toward our environment. Antoinette, how did you and um, Dr. Holt get to know each other? Well, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Shoulders of Strength, my office is located really kind of one street over, not far from his uh, chiropractic uh, office, chiropractor office, office. And I have had seen his office um, uh, for years, and uh, it wasn't until I was had written the book and finished the illustration and published it that I just kind of started paying attention to the fact that he uh, had a, had beehives and he had hunt so he so sells local honey and things like that. So something just made me stop in and and uh, just kind of talk with him and show him the book and that was just an instant connection. And I just felt and that's why I you know invited him on to the podcast that it's so important and we actually do really really well with having the conversations and talking to others that he is so passionate about bees and so passionate about the environment and. And I am, I am also, but I'm also passionate about us just being kind to one another. It was just a wonderful and beautiful collaborative effort that we have uh, that we kind of work together talking about this. So that's kind of where the connection came. When we first talked, we instantly <laughs> uh, just hit it off, and we've been kind of working together and talking about kindness ever since. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's really, it's really amazing when somebody comes in and introduces themselves with the same interests and passions that you have, it's really easy to quickly become friends. Yes. And, and of course, when she shares with you that she's making such a wonderful contribution in her efforts to creating these children's books, your heart just gets excited and warm because you know that those lessons she's trying to teach are such valuable lessons. And it is fun to think that she's using the bee as a uh, subject, I guess, to be able to teach about the bees and teach the kids about good qualities of life and living and putting the two together just seemed like a, such a, a happy combination. So we became, like she said, instant friends. As soon as I, as soon as we shook hands, it was immediately that she was a good soul and she must have felt something similar to me. And then in the, in the conversation, it went, it went, <laughs> in the same direction, you know? <laughs> yes, it was very mutual. That's neat. Like it was kind of meant to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, meant to be. <laughs> Pun intended. There you go. Yes. <laughs> how, do, how do each of you incorporate kindness into your daily life? I mean, obviously writing a children's book is a big project, but what sort of little things can we do each day or do you do each day um, to incorporate kindness? Well, for me, I know one of the things that I try to do is to have positive thoughts and sending out positive energy. I think that's so important because as we go about our day, sometimes even when you're walking in the grocery store, just to simply make eye contact and smile mm-hmm. uh, you know, with someone, just a very small uh, connection, you don't know what a person is going through. So just to be able to offer that positivity to someone else, I think it's just so important because we really are all connected in the fact that we are living on this earth and that we, you know, it's, it's nothing to be able to send some, give someone a smile 
or be able to be helpful to someone. So, and, and to speak in, in a kind way to someone. I just think that goes a very, very long way. Uh, and that, those are small things that we kind of we forget about sometimes as we go about our busy lives. And for me, I'd just like to say very similar things. It's just I'm lucky as a chiropractor to have an opportunity to see people in the community often. And and it's amazing how part of the connection is just starts off with a smile, just like she said. And the fears of apprehensions that people may have just melt away when they just genuinely feel kindness in the environment that they're coming into. I guess I've invested, she mentioned my office, I've invested over time to create an office presentation so that it's very attractive very, and rather than so clinical. So that we call it the chiropractic day resort. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, we just have created a landscaping of flowers, waterfalls, and such things that it would kind of symbolize a resort feeling. And I guess from the, from the very, um, I guess from the very beginning when a person starting to consider a, a selection of where they're going to go, it generally is non-scary. It's very friendly. And, and then kindness and friendliness just opens up a lot of connections with a lot of different kinds of ways with people. So that's kind of been our approach, and it's actually really blessed my business. Instead of spending such money to uh, invest in advertising to persuade people maybe to consider my business, I just kind of shifted gears and tried to build a place to attract people that might want to select my business. So in a sense, I created a flower, and I attract my patients like bees are attracted to flowers. <laughs> That's a great analogy. It is a great analogy. A great analogy. It is. Oh, I love that. And and I think it's it's true. Instead of just in your face, you should do this. Uh, there is something kind and gentle about saying, "We want to take care of you. Come here. Be be at peace here, and let us help you get well." Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Hulk, from your beekeeping experience, I would imagine that you are a wealth of knowledge about fun facts about bees. Would you share some of them with us? Well, um, thank you for saying that. It is a fun hobby, so every new fun fact becomes enjoyable to learn. It's just things like... I made reference earlier, it fascinates me how the bees are so selfless and that they can uh, work together in defending their hive or seeking and communicating where they can seek out the uh, sources of pollen and nectar that they're, that they're uh, trying to gather. I like the fact that um, <clears throat> that they're so organized with respecting and protecting their queen but at the same time, observing that the higher good is the hive, and sometimes they'll actually replace her own queen when she's starting to show signs that she's not meeting the needs of the requirements of the hive. It's just pretty fascinating that the intelligence that they have collectively, and they're just an insect, but an insect with an amazing amount of collective intelligence that you just kind of 
you just kind of, the more you're aware of it, the more you just admire it and respect it. Then the idea of, that, like you mentioned, that their wings, they're not really designed to fly very well, but yet they fly so well, you know? And it's just amazing that those little observations are just curious but exciting. And and if you really break down the, they go to so many flowers and, and how much they fly back and forth, that a pound of honey actually requires an enormous amount of effort for the bees to produce. And they make this somebody that says they fly so many miles, and I'm not quite sure how they calculate it all, but it, it is amazing how much effort those bees go to collectively to produce the honey that we all enjoy. And, can you, uh, I was going to say, can you tell her about the waggle dance? I'm sorry? The waggle dance? Yeah, no, that waggle dance has been identified as one of their ways of communicating. They, uh, somebody, one of the bees is excited about a discovery and they want to come back and tell the hive about it. And so they come in to their hive and they start this process of a waggle dance. And based on how it turns and uh, its characteristics of the dance actually communicates with the other bees where this discovery of food resources is. And it's quite fascinating. I'm sure it's not just one bee wag doing the waggle dance. I think there's probably many at any given time, and they're all just excited to kind of kind of save the effort to find something if it's already been found. You know. Yeah. <laughs> think of how exciting our life would be if we all came home and celebrated our small victories of the day with a little waggle dance. You know, like around yeah, our house. That would be great. <laughs> Another fun example of how we should live our lives. That's right. Very fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. My kids are gonna come home from school today, and I'm gonna be standing there doing a waggle dance, and they're gonna say, "What are you doing, mom?" And I'm gonna say, "Hey, I'm learning from the bees." So yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> that's but, exactly right, and that's fun because I'm actually I enjoy dancing too as a hobby, and dancing is such a fun exercise as a. Uh, another interest of mine, I guess. And, but it kind of makes me smile because so often when you're happy, you just have a little pep in your step and you just kind of have a little energy and, and in the form it, it creates dancing is a, another way of expressing this joyful energy, I guess, and exercise and social opportunities. And just like the bees finding a waggle dance, just makes you smile again, I guess. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. Antoinette, thank you for writing this book. I am. It's called Kindness Matters, and uh, I I just think the characters are delightful, and it is fun, Doctor Holt, to hear about some of the facts behind these delightful characters as well. So thank you both for uh, joining me today on the Kindness Podcast. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Very much. Thank you. That was a conversation with beekeeper Dr. Dan Holt and children's author Antoinette Clark. Learn more about her Kindness Matters books at royal7publishing.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. 